0: Sometimes we'll get caught up in a singular verse that we like out of a psalm where the message may come through the entirety of it. Sometimes See, one now verse, you're speaking my language. Yeah, sometimes one verse is a good verse to remember, but maybe that's not the whole point of the psalm. Sometimes the psalm is telling us, hey, here's bad things you need to get through, or here's how God can work through. And the there, happier, There's a verse. big message in the psalm. Try to find out what that yeah. is. All right, well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another one of our conversations here with Dan. Yes, and me and Jed are going to talk about a psalm today. Or we're going to break down Psalm 32. So if you're aware you can, go ahead and get your Bible out. Have, you know, if you're already watching on your phone, get you a physical Bible. If you're in the car, obviously keep your eyes on the road. Get you a physical pen or something like that so you can mark on your Bible. Yeah, Yeah, this is one of those. uh, We're going to encourage you to do some underlining, some marking, different things like that as we break down the meaning the structure of this oh, psalm 32 i think you'll like it okay all right let's
1: dive in let's start from the top so the psalm is actually broken down into some sections and to see its breakdown is is very helpful in seeing its meaning um if you'll uh, look at um the first paragraph, which is actually verses 1 and 2, okay. that is a contrast with the second paragraph, which is actually verses 3 and 4. Okay. These two paragraphs are opposites of each other. The first paragraph, um, if you'll notice there, he says, how blessed is he. Mm-hmm. Yep. But down in verse 2 he says, how blessed is the man. The blessedness is basically stating that The person spoken about in that first paragraph Mm -hmm. is a person that is in a good state with God, that is in a happy state with God, that is right in the sight of God, and doesn't have these problems that we're going to talk about below. Okay. Okay. Now, in verses 3 and 4, that paragraph is about a person who is in a bad place he is Mm -hmm. not blessed he is not right with god he is not in the place that we we talk about in the first paragraph so if you take paragraph one which is the first two verses and Mm -hmm. paragraph two the second two verses if you'll drop all the way down to verse 10 Mm -hmm. you'll see the summary of the entire
0: psalm which is what verse 10 all right verse 10 says many are the sorrows of the wicked but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts the lord all right so there you have the same contrast mm. that you have
1: in verse one and two okay. i mean in the first two paragraphs, two paragraphs there Yeah. Uh, except it's in reverse so you have you have the righteous or blessed man and you have the man who's in sin in the second paragraph You have the comparison done in the reverse in verse Mm -hmm. 10, but verse 10 summarizes the basic idea of the entire song. Yeah, basically saying you don't want to be like these
0: people, but you do want to be like this person. Yeah. Now that what you just talked about, the reversal, is something that's really common in the Psalms and in other passages throughout the Bible, too. So that's something that just as a if you're studying the psalms be looking for this it builds in and then it kind of builds out in reverse yeah and and you're thinking of a chiasma yeah but but, but, but even when it's not one of those that sort of
1: yeah. idea is going to be present so yeah. the, the comparison and then the contrast may be in reverse but it's the same thing yeah so so for our reference in this video just remember that the contrast in the first two paragraphs is summarized in verse 10. Okay. All right. So if you look at that first paragraph, who is the blessed man? What about this blessed man makes him so happy and good? Read the
0: paragraph for us there. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. All right. So this blessed man... This
1: blessed person, whoever this is, their sins are forgiven. Mm. God is not counting sin against them. Their sin is covered by God and they have an honest heart. Mm. See in him there in his spirit there is no deceit. Yeah. He's he's the person that is good with God. Yeah. All right, so now look at the contrast in verse three. The main statement in verse three is when I kept silent. Mm-hmm. See this this line says this is when i i refused to acknowledge my sin i kept silent i i hung on to my sin i tried to to figure out a way to live with my sin you know yeah and i was not in this blessed state of verses one and two yeah all right what about this guy how did
0: he feel inside when he kept silent read three and four there for us and when he keeps silent my bones waste away through my groanings all day long For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength dried up as by the heat of summer. All right. So those statements underneath the main
1: statement for when I kept silent, Mm -hmm. see, when I refused to confess my sin, he was miserable. He He was like, you know, some of us that are old like me, we wake up and our bones are hurting, you know, but... This guy felt like in his spirit that his bones were, he he was in pain and he felt like he was groaning
0: all day. So, first with that you said this guy this is a psalm of david. david yeah and he's bringing his experience to us yeah all right through the holy spirit and so do we know like is there any way for us to know kind of what pe- period of his life this one's from we can guess and uh, uh, i know some of them are specifically marked but uh, some of them would say well it's in the Bathsheba thing some would say well
1: it may be when he uh, sinned in regard to his children but whatever it was Mm -hmm. he's he's simply talking about we don't know in answer to your question but he's simply saying that inside of me i was miserable
0: and he says there in verse four your hand was heavy upon me yeah what does that mean that's one of those bible phrases that sometimes we just go oh yeah everyone knows what that means well in, in context here it means that He felt
1: God pressing on him because he he knew God and he knew God was not pleased with him and he knew that he was not okay with God. Hmm. And it's like God is saying, you know, you're wrong. You know, you need to change. You know, you're guilty. You know, you need to return to me. And he felt like
0: God wouldn't leave him alone. So is it almost like saying my conscience was heavy? Like my, my conscience was eating at me. Yes. And that was God, he
1: says. Yeah. God's hand trying to... Showing he was wrong. And he, he became weak
0: okay. mentally, spiritually, yeah. because he could not carry this load of guilt. I mean, that's one and of those felt. things that if you out there are thinking some days you get to the end of the day and just you are exhausted and you're like, what have I done? But if you think about kind of that emotional mental. rat race, you had to go through the mental rat race of trying to not say something to someone or not handle a situation, or you had to carefully craft every word you said in the situation because yeah. of all those things that were eating at you this is kind of what he's talking about here yeah he, he's got, talking about real mental anguish like yeah. somebody who's
1: severely depressed or anxious mm. and, and because of a situation that was not okay first paragraph people like this are
0: okay they're blessed yeah. they're happy second paragraph I was not okay. And specifically, we're talking about someone who knows their sins have been covered and forgiven, so they have no guilt in the eyes of God. In contrast with... Someone who feels very guilty in the eyes and of knows God. knows they're guilty yeah. and can't stand the guilt. Yeah. All right? So
1: then the third paragraph mm-hmm. starting with yeah. notice notice the first line in verse three when I kept silent yeah notice the first line in verse five mm-hmm. then I acknowledge my sin so yeah. now I've I've had enough of this misery mm-hmm. and now I'm gonna finally acknowledge my
0: sin to God and turn to the one whose hand has been on me yeah. Read that paragraph. So I acknowledged my sin to you. I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. All right. Now, and I've got a New American Standard highlighted here, but it, mm-hmm. it, it, it I
1: highlighted. I acknowledged. Yeah. I did not hide. Mm-hmm. I said. Yeah. See, now that all contrasts with the first line of verse three that says, when I kept silent. So he stopped this being satisfied with his sin. He said, okay, God, I give up. I know I'm wrong. And he confessed his sin. Mm -hmm. He didn't hide it like he wasn't guilty of it. He, he confessed his transgressions and then, ah, the
0: last line of that paragraph, Mm -hmm. you forgave. Yeah. And in the ESV, it says iniquity, but yours has a word that more people are probably familiar with is the guilt of. Yeah, Yeah. the guilt of my sin. And of course, God held him
1: guilty. He knew God held him guilty. He couldn't bear the guilt. And he felt the, the weight of that guilt lifted off of him when he really got real with God and confessed and repented. And you see the power of the first paragraph. How mm-hmm. blessed is he, yeah. whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. So he feels so good. And so all oh, this burden is lifted off my soul. You know, why did I wait all that
0: time and wallow in that guilt when I could have yeah. been here? Yeah, this is almost. This is what I was striving through, but this is what I went through to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, verse six mm-hmm. starts with the word, therefore. Okay. So
1: verse six is okay, you saw you see the blessed man and how happy he is in the first paragraph. Mm. You see how miserable the person is who's guilty and still trying to hide their sin and hasn't confessed it to God and then you see the release Mm -hmm. that is found when you turn to God and confess So
0: therefore, what What do we learn from this? What are we going to do with it? Yeah, read the therefore verse, verse six. Therefore, let everyone who is godly offer prayer to you at a time when you may be found. Surely in the rush of great waters, they shall not reach him. All right. So the praying to him is the, I acknowledge my sin, see. Mm -hmm.
1: So don't wait so long to to acknowledge your sin. Yeah. What we learned from this experience in those first three paragraphs is go ahead and go to God when you feel that way and, and pray to him because there's, there's such blessing and reliefs in doing that. And then David says in verse seven, being on the other side of this, mm-hmm god you are my hiding place you preserve me from trouble you surround me with songs of deliverance which goes right
0: up to paragraph
1: one How blessed is the man
0: yeah so it's almost don't let your guilt block you from god or keep you from god which almost feels like a callback to in the garden when they recognize their guilt their first impulse was to hide yeah our natural impulse yeah, stop hiding and david is saying go ahead and come to god It's worth it. (laughs) Yes, it's such a release. It's such a blessing. It's such a lifting
1: of the burden. A reference you might uh, look at real quickly in Isaiah 55. Okay. Uh, Notice it says there in verse 6 let everyone who is godly pray to you in a time when you may be found okay
0: Isaiah 55 I think verse 6 maybe in 7 what does it say there yeah verse 6 of Isaiah 55 seek the Lord while he may be found call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon all right so you know don't don't
1: stay in that sin and that rebellion and that misery and your own guilt and and then something happen in your life that that you never do turn back to God seek the Lord when, when he may be found when it's on your mind because you'll find forgiveness you'll find rest you'll find pardon it's, it's such a wonderful lifting of all that stuff
0: yeah. you're
1: carrying with you yeah. which is really
0: uh, advice based on what's happened in the several paragraphs of God. Yeah. Now, how much of this would you say is like his practical lived out advice and how much of it is God's commandment for his people, you know, that we're trying to find out of this section? Well, that's the cool thing about the Psalms because David was a
1: prophet. He was inspired by God. The sweet psalmist of Israel says in Second Samuel, um, uh, the spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was upon my tongue. So, yes, this is David's experience, but yes, also, this is God's wisdom mm. for us. And when you get to the paragraph beginning in verse 8, okay. notice the, the lines of verse 8, the parallel lines, I will instruct you, I will counsel you. Right. Um, the way that most of the versions capitalize things, it seems like God is now saying, Okay, David, you messed up. You live like this usefully uh, uselessly in your guilt. Right. You came to me. You're relieved. Now, let me tell you how to avoid this situation again. Mm -hmm. I love this paragraph. Read read God's wisdom
0: about this whole situation, 8 and 9. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Be not like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curbed with the bit and bridle, or it will not stay near you. Oh, mm. see, David
1: had been like an old horse or old mule that does not want to come with you and does not want you to ride them. And you pull on him and he just digs his hoofs in and mm-hmm. like you're dragging him. And he says, God says, David. And everybody else reading this? Right. If, if you'll listen to me, you won't be in this situation again. So stop being like the horse or a mule that has to be yeah. controlled by bit and bridle. That hurts his mouth. Yeah. And if he's if he's hurt enough, he'll go with you. But if he's not hurt, he won't go with you. God is saying why don't you just go gently and willingly with God and you'll
0: end up in paragraph one up here that says yeah. how blessed is that man yeah and I assume that it will not stay near is his instruction and his counsel no it is the horse or the mule that okay. won't come near you unless you drag him with bit and bridle
1: mm. okay and okay, that's you so, and me when so it wasn't stubborn the
0: it is us not so we're not saying God's counsel will leave us if mm-hmm. we're stubborn mm-hmm. we're saying we're just struggling against god and we can't stay near him when we struggle against him. yeah i would instead of it i would use the word
1: he meaning mm. that stubborn horse or mule which is you or i if we're in that situation
0: okay yeah or you are me if you're yeah. in that situation well, i think that's where sometimes if you read that quickly it's going to be hard to figure that out right without the context of everything but structurally mm-hmm. see really
1: good place to be really bad place to be. Yeah. You finally acknowledge your sin. You receive the great blessing of freedom. Now, here's what advice I'll give you so yeah. that you won't ever be in that horrible place again. Yeah. Don't don't you want to be in that good place that's described in verse 1? I
0: would, I would think so. Yeah. So then verse 10 is the summary of the whole thing. Just right. real simple. What does it say? It says, many are the sorrows of the wicked. So we could have it bad. But steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. All right. Many are the sorrows of the wicked. Which paragraph... Describes the sorrows of
1: the wicked. That's up there in verse three and four. That's exactly two. right. Yeah. And then he who trusts in the Lord, loving kindness shall surround him. Which paragraph really uh, shows you what that's like? That's we're back at paragraph one. That see now Jed? Jed's really good. He's he's got it. I think. <laughs> I'm listening. All right. <laughs> so the final advice is in verse eleven. Hmm. Stay in. Paragraph one is what verse 11 says. <laughs> Be glad in the Lord. Yeah. See, when, where are you blessed? Where are you happy? Where are you glad? It's when you're with the Lord. Yeah. Be glad in the Lord. Rejoice, you righteous ones. Shout for joy, you who are upright in heart. Mm-hmm. Now notice, upright in heart mm-hmm. there in verse 11. Yep. Yeah. And go to the end of verse two. And what does it say? End of verse two, it says, the spirit where there is no deceit. All right. So the upright is in heart and a spirit in which there is no deceit. Mm. That's the same thing. That's a person who's honest with himself or herself and honest with God at the same time. And stays that way. And that person will be blessed and that person can rejoice because they're with the Lord.
0: Yeah. So it's a great little message. Fantastic. Packaged together, nice and neat. But the structure of it helps you to really grasp it. Yeah. And so these are the things that as you're reading through the Psalms, sometimes you might get distracted by the, the poetic language of it. But if you really take the time to break down each of these passages, like the, look for the paragraphs, I know sometimes some versions they'll condense everything together. Try to find one that breaks it into a poetic form, almost. Yes, and try to find in this in the breakdown the progression of thought,
1: mm-hmm. the comparisons, the contrasts. Notice those similar starting lines. Yeah, you know, and, all that sort of thing. And you know. The Like in this one, you know, even the the spirit in which there's no deceit, the upright in heart, no no dissimilarities like that. But this is a great psalm, a thalm, and we thought you all might
0: enjoy just breaking this thing down. Yeah, because (coughs) sometimes we'll get caught up in a singular verse that we like out of a psalm where the message may come through the entirety of it. Sometimes Now you're speaking my language. yeah, Yeah, sometimes one verse is a good verse to remember, but maybe that's not the whole point of the psalm. Sometimes the psalm is telling us, hey, here's bad things you need to get through or here's how God can work through and the happy or there, the there's adamant. a big message in the psalm. Try to find out what that yeah. is. Yeah. Now, on the way out, something that commonly when people are studying the Psalms, they get caught up what is that word, Salah? Oh, I meant I meant to say that. Yeah, let's All right. let's let them
1: in on what that means. So when you read paragraph one and two, and then he says salaw, that that mm-hmm. means stop, that means pause, that means yeah. wait. So there's a let's let's get this contrast in our mind from the first two paragraph, and then let's stop. Mm-hmm. Then you have this one little paragraph by itself when he. Confesses his sin, he stops hiding, he acknowledges it, and he finds this great release. And mm-hmm. stop again. Yeah. See, so look how how good this can be and how bad this was. And look at the great thing that happened. Now stop and cogitate on that for a second. Yeah. Now we go on. See, to the therefore. Mm-hmm. Don't don't wait that long. You know, call yeah. on God when He's near, and then selah, again. Yeah. And now. Let's listen to God's advice and get right, church. Now let's go
0: home. So that's kind of how this thing is done. Yeah, because remember, the Psalms are, we we like to call it the ancient songbook sometimes, but these were used in worship. These were used in times of personal prayer and worship. Mm -hmm. But I would always encourage people, and I know you probably would as well, read the Psalms out loud when you have a chance. And definitely when you see that, take a break. For you music people out there, it's almost like seeing a fermata over a rest. Mm-hmm. Take a long pause and then continue on. And
1: do, do you know that, you know, like the minaret, the Muslim minaret mm-hmm. who's doing the prayers and so forth. If you can picture this thing being sung in a way that's very easy to understand. And then there's a pause and then the singer picks up again yeah. and sings that next little part with emphasis and then there's a pause. Yeah, the same would have been done for the Jewish cantors,
0: you know. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'd yeah. just giving them something they can relate yeah. to. Yeah. So <laughs> I know. Making sure they don't think, oh, it only happened there. No, it happened in too. Yeah, that's too. exactly yeah. right. So anyway, that's all we got, I think, today. I think so. Hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. And maybe we'll be doing another one of these in the near future. I know we've got some other questions that have come in, but Psalms are fine. Yeah. We're thankful for all of your comments, questions, all the different things, and we'll be back again next time. See ya.